Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now you kind of think you're in this, uh, as soon as you step into the Millennium Noggin, you're yeah. in this safe, secure place and no but one no. can tell what you're thinking and what you're talking about. But uh, but Ange, Ange uh, owns the uh, Cafe Vivo. She was she was on to us, mate. She uh, pointed the finger, had a bit of a giggle, and sort of suggested, "You boys, yeah, maybe she could read my mind." I think what I was she thinking. Could. <laughs> yeah, well, it was in the gutter. Yeah, it was I'll in the gutter. Tip. It was in the gutter. In the gutter. As it always is. The only time your mind is out of the gutter mm. is when it's into a nutrition plan or, oh, a, or, yeah. or, or a training program. The uh, the yeah. type to uh, be personality kicks in. Reward dependent. Reward yeah. dependent. We'll talk about that in a second. So All we've right. got IFBB Pro James Kant in the studio today, which uh, is really exciting. Pro, yep. uh, you've been working with him for, well, I guess oh, maybe six for years. For a millennium. Quite a long time. He's now running a really successful business prepping and, and yep. training and, and yep. working with individuals. Um, yeah. He's done his studies, medical science degree, yep. got everything up to speed. He's got his systems in place. We're going to get him in here probably on a regular basis to yeah. talk about some yeah. some key things. Today, he's going to be in the studio talking about gut health yeah. and how that relates to body composition. Yeah. He's, he's, look, he, his stance in the industry of uh, health and fitness is, uh, is one that does, and from personal experience, I might add, is one that does revolve heavily around gut health and, and um, yeah, it'd be really interesting to see his uh, spin on that. I'm pretty sure all our listeners, you and I will both acknowledge that, that we both deem it of, of quite significance in regards to the body composition, but he's going he's gonna to go balls deep into that one for us, which is uh, really exciting. Yeah, really looking forward to that. So he'll be in the studio coming up a little bit later on in the program. We've mm. got a few things to square away ourselves here, Rawdon. Mm. Fresh off the Christian Tobedo seminar. Tippy toes, yeah. Uh, spent a weekend with Tibbs. I reckon he's one of the one of the real good guys in the industry, like very humble, mm. so passionate about what he's doing, mm. and, and I'll, we'll talk about some of the content, some he's of got, the cool things I took away from that. That's he's got, exciting. He's got the hamburgers syndrome as well, so we can maybe touch on that briefly. <laughs> yeah, we absolutely will. Mm. You're listening to the Under the Bar podcast. You can go to underthebarpodcast.com and check out our blog posts and mm. various bits speak and pieces. Pipe. Yeah, you can leave us a speak, speak pipe. pipe. Very um, popular. We've actually got one today. We've got one today. We'll address that coming up in a second. We've got our Under the Bar Fat Loss Seminar coming up Exciting. in the end of July. Mm-hmm. That'll be the last weekend of July. One day seminar with yourself, myself, mm-hmm. Dr. Vinesh Singh, and resident neuroscientist Luke Tullick. Yep. Covering all things fat loss from gut health to leptin signaling to physique. you know f- physique prep, actual 16-week periodization yep. nutritional all my models. secrets away, uh-huh. um, and then uh, you know I'll fluff around a little yeah. bit at the end there. You're going to take it up the rear uh, at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the TDM method. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, the yes. TDM way. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. We'll just take a little segue here, Rod, <laughs> and say for any of your female clients, obviously <laughs> what they experience in their personal life is yeah. not, none of your concern. You're no. there to get them into shape. Health is not a priority. No, if they've got issues with contraceptive pills and yeah. things like There's that. There's other options. There's That's other all I'm options. saying, Tom. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. The, the Dubois method way. Yeah. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Mm. Uh, Righto, Cam, let's have a sting and uh, we'll hit up a speak pipe. Under the Bar podcast with Rawdon and Tom. It's been a pretty loose start to the program yes, thus far. Thus uh, far. But uh, enjoyable here in the Millennium Noggin with mm. our toes wiggling through the shag oh, pile rug. Yes. We've got a speak pipe. You can go to our website and there's a link on the side of the page there. You can click on it and you leave us a voice message mm. as our next guest, Lockie Huddy, has done. Yeah, and, and look, it could be 
absolutely anything. Maybe it's a it's a training. What do you guys to bring up a body part? What's your favorite splits? Like, you know, there's a there's a little bit of experience between the both of us and the the various people that we've spoken to over the close to a couple of years we've been on air. So I absolutely anything. Yeah, it doesn't have to be uh, anything fancy. It could be no. a real simple question. Very simple. So uh, flush it, and uh, let's have Lockie. <laughs> G'day boys, my name's Lockie, long-time listener, debutante pipe player. Uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on maintainable leanness. Now, you've both been and continue to be balls deep in the trenches with physique competitors, uh, and I imagine at least some of those strive for you know maximal leanness for extended periods in between shows. So based on that trench warfare experience, what's the minimum body fat percentage range that you guys have found can be maintained healthily year-round. Obviously, genetic variability is king here, but I'm not looking for precise numbers, just a ballpark range based on your experiences for both men and women, if possible. Thanks for the stellar podcast, boys. Please keep it up, and I'll see you in October for the Henselman Seminar. I think he's showing us up a little. He was slick. I should vent these before they go to air. Nah, he was slick. He could replace one of us. Yeah, he could have his own podcast. Mm, mm. Uh, Good question, actually. Yeah, one that uh, probably requires some thought. (laughs) We don't particularly like those questions. No, look, I mean, but uh, it is something, and we might have been talking about this the other day, Rod, and I'm not sure uh, what episode or when or where, but it's almost inevitable. I've experienced this, you know, with photo shoots. You've done the same with your comps. Almost every client that comes through, there'll be a period of time during the preparation, could be six to four to weeks out from stage, somewhere in there where they're still actually feeling reasonably good. Mm -hmm. It's super lean, everything's Mm -hmm. good, and they're like, already projecting into the future yeah. and they'll be like you know what I'm going to do after this comp I'm going to stay yeah. lean yeah. I'm going to I'm going to keep Mate, I'm going to keep sharp they all say that yeah yeah and you and you want to you, mm. you know you, you mm. you're looking at yourself and you want mm. to and actually we had Jenny Laurent on the program a couple of episodes back yeah, and she said probably. you know a triple pro card but after she got off stage mm. uh, anything other than stage condition to her felt fat yeah and um, you basically went into a I think which is a very good way of doing it is basically when someone's in that mindset, first thing to do, nip that in the bud and say, look, cool thought, great that you think that way, Mm. but think about everything you're doing in your training and life and existence to have this body fat you have now. And Mm. and if you're prepared to maintain living like this for (laughs) extended periods of time, then yeah, sure, have the body fat that goes with it. Otherwise, it's a bit unrealistic. Look, 100%, I agree with you there. And that is exactly what I say. It's like, uh, yeah, cool. Keep doing two hours a day cardio and training for two hours, <laughs> four hours a day and eating a thousand calories. Go for it. Mm. See how long you last. But um, but obviously that's a, 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 a snapshot in time and they're only doing that. And, and really the, the condition that they're talking about you know, it's probably a, a much longer. What they were doing, maybe eight weeks out, was probably something that they could maintain. You know, without too much uh, effort. But but yeah, you're completely right. But what I would say is, the longer, and you actually know this, and it's, and it's averages over time. The yeah. longer they stay at that that lower body fat percentage, the easier it's going to be to maintain it because it, the, the body just perceives that as, as the new set point. Yes. So I think it can be done, um, but probably in stages. So a comp ready, no, forget that. But to, to maintain that, uh, if, 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 if you're not lean with, with abdominals showing, outline abdominals in the, in the off-season, then uh, do the comp, come out of the comp, maintain a level of condition that you're happy with, 
maintain the lifestyle, which won't be that two hours a day cardio and everything else, but um, abstain from abusing uh, calories like everyone does. But I do think there's some merit in, uh, certainly from a long-term competitive uh perspective because we talk about this all the time the body just look one person at uh you know the first time around at six percent on stage might look vastly different to the next time they're six percent on stage if they've maintained a leaner physique because Mm. the skin tightens up like everything just uh just looks different and and also you will probably agree with me and because we are you'd have worked with some physique competitors and, and i do 24 7 you know even though the skin folds don't change dramatically over a two-week period they just look completely different you know everything's just just pulled in you know the skin sort of shrink wrapped a little tighter but the actual skin folds haven't changed that much Mm. so we'll give some numbers in a second but i do think uh, what you're alluding to um is achievable to some degree over time but it's staying uh, leaner for longer each time and, and each competition or each year you maintain a leaner all year round physique would be the way I suggest to do it mm. obviously it's a nice compromise between you want to have a lifestyle and be, have some sort of social life if that's relevant for you so you, I guess it's uh, it's about what's what's uh, important but yep. I agree with your point if you're not doing everything you're doing at that point in time you're not going to maintain that mm. level of condition I'd also say the rebound out of that will be sort of directly proportionate as to how aggressive you had to be on the way in so with you Rawdon when you like these now you've got some pretty stingent um, yeah. restrictions as to how yeah. long an individual can work with you yes. you want to make sure you've got ample time to diet them down so yes. they're going to be sitting at that lower body fat for a much longer time yes. if you're working with someone uh, quite often I do where it'll be like man I've got a uh, you know, photo shoot in six weeks eight weeks for the business thing or you know a number of female clients. Oh, well, I've got a you know magazine call me up. Got to do a photo shoot. Yep. Now you can be really aggressive with them and get them into photo shoot condition in six to eight weeks. Yeah. But it's been such a, a drastic yeah. shift in your body's what it perceives as homeostasis to yep. get them there. That then as soon as they're getting some calories in coming out of that, then boom, they come back yep. on to wherever they're most normally sitting for the you know eight weeks before you started the process. They'll go back to that. But if yep. they've spent a longer period of time there, they can maintain that now. One thing that we always do with our speak pipes, Rawdon, is we don't actually ever answer the question. Mm, and mm, uh, mm. we haven't really given Lockie any answers. Yeah, <laughs> so we far. better. So um, uh, I don't really have uh, set numbers, Lockie, across the board. It'll be yeah. an individual kind of thing and probably less about numbers and more about the way that the body's looking. If someone's been really stage condition or photo shoot condition and they've worked hard to get there, it doesn't make much sense to me to have them losing their abs. So I'd like them to keep a visible outline of the abdominals all year mm. round. You may as well, you know, everyone wants that. Mm. You know, that. That feels good. That's mm. maintainable, I think, mm. for most people mm. once they've been in really good condition to keep a visible outline of, of abdominals. And I will chime in there and say that it will be much harder for some than others. Like yes. you reside normally quite lean. So for you, maintaining abdominal definition is just something you do. For someone like myself, it, it requires, okay, I'm getting leaner right at this point in time, but it, it's a process to get the abdominals to pop, and then I sort of have to have to fight to keep it there a, a, a little yeah, longer than yourself. Yeah. Having said that, my level of leanness that I have taken my body to would be leaner than what yours is. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I can take it there, but it's, it's a bit of a, a task, and I guess I should be practicing what I'm preaching and maybe keep the abs there. But look, 
each time and you'll attest to this like i am staying leaner and leaner for a much longer period these days um in regards to my clientele i mean uh, on the skin folds and again you know what's he taught what's uh like referencing the decks or skin folds I, I predominantly use skin folds looking at the sum of 10 sites and the sum of two sites for the particular method or the sum of 14 sites depending on what your assessment or it might be five sites whatever your assessment method but mm. looking at total a skin fold numbers rather than body fat percentage uh, I like to use that, but if I were to rattle off uh, percentages, um, I usually like my, my guys between 10 and 12% on the skin folds. Ideally, when uh, at 16 weeks out, when I'll start my cuts, if they, they have to be uh, sub 10%. And, and, I, and I deem about half a percent a week if we were going on skin folds. Um, and body fat percentage, half percent a week to get to that stage condition. So if, if I deem 16 weeks is how long I, I, I need to, to cut you into the show, then that's fundamentally 8% I can lose. So, you know, theoretically on the skin folds, get you down 2% if you're around 10 when we started. Obviously, it wouldn't be 2% actually. But that gives you a, a, a bit of an idea of what I look for when they when they start to the time before that 16 weeks has to either, either have a period where they get down to that 10 to 12% and then, then it's we're starting at that. At, uh, at 16 weeks out but in regards to what I would if I had my way would like them to reside at it mm-hmm. would be maybe between that 10 and 14% 14% if they're really driving a lot of calories but uh, I think we spoke about this in Christian Tobito yeah. last weekend there's some merit in, in, in not going excessively uh, uh, above uh, and beyond what you need and I, and I also referenced uh, in, re- in regards to driving energy balance upwards and also referenced uh, Menno Henselman's another mentor of mine I've uh, spent a lot of time learning from, from him and, and, and I do rate him as one of the guys that are worth listening to in the industry uh, he actually has really low percentages over uh, baseline energy mm. I think it's like 5% for advanced athletes o- above and beyond what you would normally intake uh, should be enough to maximize hypertrophy and growth and, and it gets more with intermediate and, and more for a beginner you get you got a bit more freedom yep. but um, yeah so I think I've tiptoed around the, uh, the, the answer quite a bit there but, <laughs> yeah. but I did throw some numbers out no, there so very good. between 10 and 12% on the skin folds I like to because remember it's uh, he referenced physique guys and remember it's like well, you're in the business of competing so you're not gen pop you can't get oh yeah but but you know 16 to 18 percent is is healthy for a male on on the skin well yeah it's gen pop you're not gen pop you've made a decision to be competitive in a physique competition so you cannot let your body fat get high you know what i mean it's just that that. when you've chosen not to and that's fine you can you know 14 16 whatever you want but if you if if you're in the game of competing then 10 to 12 percent uh maybe if they can hold fat well and it's sort of not isolated just to the midsection, maybe up 12 to 14, but yeah. 10 to 12 is where I like my guys and girls sit. Or a lot of them, to be honest, Tom, are sit between sort of 8 and 10%, maybe even 6 and 10%. Females, a little more. So the females, they might be more like that 12 to 14%, get them down to there, keep them floating around there. But even for them, it would be between around that, again, on skin folds, that... Uh, uh, 12, 10 to 12% on the females. Maybe if now you put me on the spot, probably 8 to 10 for males when we start that 16-week cut and yeah. 10 to 12 for females. Okay. One more question just to address Lockie's um, pipe, beautiful pipe that he laid. Yeah. 
and we'll try and be brief with this, Rodden, but I think you might have mentioned there if they've got a series of shows in a week, at like two or three week period, yep. uh, can you give a brief overview as what you like to, because obviously they have to stay sh- super lean if not yeah. get even better condition in between shows. So yeah. do you give them a little window to bring calories back up? Mate, you know, if it depends uh, what the difference is between the, the shows, um, sometimes it's the four weeks apart, so then they can they can have a little reprieve on the, the if it's a Sunday, the Sunday night, they can eat a little something off plan, but uh, that would still be controlled and then it's back to business as usual but it will always be that last show will be the goal it's right. never a, let's do nationals and back it up with a, with a little show a couple of weeks afterwards like, it just don't work like that it's yep. always going to be the big crescendo and, and climax that, are, that, that that's going to be the focus and, and I'm quite blunt and point blank with these guys it's oh, they want to peak for the first show cool you're not going to you got to yeah. peak for nationals yep simply this is a practice run yeah you'll be looking good yeah you might place yeah you might win but that's not what you've employed me for you've employed me to peak you for nationals and that's when i'm going to pull out all the stops and do a proper peaking protocol like i do like i'm famous for i do like to manipulate the variables as much as possible to elicit to eke out a little more condition and 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 really push the boundaries of of what the body can do in that final week Mm. um but that ain't going to happen until it is the final chosen competition so i i do i do say that tom but but no like i I wouldn't give them a any sort of significant um if it was a week apart that that's nightmarish because It's right, it's right in the twilight zone. Yeah, yeah, pretty much you won't do... It is... Either way you look at it, that day that they compete with it, Saturday, Sunday, the weekend prior, is going to take is a day that's going to impact uh, their prep to peak yeah, the following the weekend. Yeah. So I'm really not a fan of it. All right. Well, Lockie, thanks so much for your speak pipe, mate. That's a lovely contribution to the program. We do really appreciate it. Yep. If anyone else would like to leave one, underthebarpodcast.com, click on the link, and you've got 90 seconds to uh, lay your pipe. If you don't like it, you can delete it and do it again. But, yep. yeah, send us through some more. Thanks, Cam. like an actual proper, yep. proper radio show yeah. we're working up against the clock here they're uh, champing at the uh, chomping at the bit knocking on the studio doors alright IFBB Pro James Kant coming, coming up, up very yep. shortly an email has come in here from Samantha thanks so much Sam hi guys thanks for sharing the podcast episode with Christian Tippy Toes yep. this was a fantastically interesting episode mm. and the applications it might have for athletes or people looking to find the right exercise routine for them or maybe tweak their performance routine is amazing Mm -hmm. So amazing to hear about why some people choke under pressure as well and some people thrive on pressure. Mm. I was hooked. Hopefully we can hear more about what you learned from Christian. Thanks again, Sam. Thanks for the lovely email. Yes, very nice. Now, uh, the course was uh, two days ago and I've got a wad of notes here that I haven't really had time to process. Uh But maybe we can drip feed a few things over the weeks. But essentially give a bit of an overview the course was Rodan was basically looking at programming based off a neurological profile makes sense he started it all off by saying the key factor to success or failure of a program any training program the worst program or the best program but nutritionally as well I might add yes everything is the level of motivation that you have to train and the intensity with which you train at and so yeah, it makes perfect sense you know if, if you can be training in a fashion and, and he did make the point you know like for people working with you Rod and they've got such a strong end goal that they can train however they're told for that period of time that's cool but there's only so long with training or in general life where you can uh, live or work or train in a certain way against your true nature Mm. and actually maintain that long term yeah and and basically what from Christian's belief is that the limiting factor in success from training is a cortisol response 
Ah, you know, you know, like how stress. well people manage stress. We know okay. that training is an acute stress, uh-huh. but in a more systemic fashion, you know, he feels, for example, the ectomorph. You know, they're not building muscle because they're ectomorphic, or is it because these people overproduce cortisol? And uh-huh. and he sort of spoke about cortisol as a mobilization hormone. Yep. And we know that essentially, when the body perceives a stress and it goes into fight or flight mode, uh-huh. cortisol is mobilized. To, um, to provide energy to fuel that fight or flight response. So mm-hmm. the liver is going to pump out glycogen yep. or glucose. Uh, blood sugar will be elevated. Your yep. body will draw glycogen out of the muscle to uh-huh. fuel the, the stress response. Uh-huh. It will break down muscle tissue. Yep. So if you're constantly in mobilization mode, yeah. then you're not in storage mode. You can't build muscle. You can't load glycogen. Well, it's mixed signal, isn't it? It's a totally mixed signal. And, that's, and he was getting that. If you know how certain people react and behave based off their neurological profile mm-hmm. you can design training systems that are more suited to maximizing the acute response from training and minimizing systemic stress responses post training okay. okay so he's not reinventing the wheel he's not saying hey forget about everything you've learned forget about the, all the drivers of hypertrophy that's cool yeah keep all that stuff there but let's just tweak it a little based on their what they actually prefer yeah. breaking it down forget fancy neurotransmitter this neurotransmitter that let's just what they actually like to do and if they yes. like something less stress less stress more muscle makes perfect sense to me yep um, and there was so much detail there Rodan, but one thing that did make me laugh as he was going through the various yeah, go on. Uh, <laughs> the various um, <laughs> whatever personality types mm. you and I felt into the reward dependent ah, yes. personality type I uh-huh. think I was more 2A you were uh-huh. more 2B yeah more fast twitch and um, yeah. it, it's not to do with fast twitch oh. fibers but as reward dependent we like to feel a pump from the workouts Yes. Um, whilst we, we can handle some lower repetitions and heavier yeah. work we don't necessarily like the feeling of, of having our joints stressed so no. it's not so much about moving heavy weight from A to B it's feeling that weight move feeling the muscular contraction uh-huh. getting a nice pump Yep, uh, and all that kind of stuff. Yep. But what was really interesting was when he was <laughs> talking <on>. about um, <laughs> nutrition. Ah, yes. And uh, with a reward-dependent, particularly the type 2B, ah, that's me. such as yourself, food and nutrition is can be a real uh, reward, ah, right? And, and yes. so you're able to stick to a diet when there's a specific goal and you're tight. Yeah. But once that plan deviates, yes. the reward and pleasure center that you can get from food can <laughs> develop quite quite bad habits around eating yes. right and when yes. we've discussed some of what your habits what are you looking habits, at me for when you're saying <laughs> that well, well, this is you're talking about directly me. related oh, to you okay. mate yeah, go on um, and so these type 2 people have a, a higher percentage of opiate receptors in the brain yeah and particularly when body fat starts getting low uh-huh. and leptin signaling starts working against your favour in terms yeah. of wanting you to, to crave um, certain sugary pleasurable foods yep what also happens is that uh, dopamine receptors in the brain spark up as well and get hypersensitive. Ooh. And then so when you have that cheat meal on the Saturday night to, yeah. to break... Custard bath. Your, your custard bath. Yeah. You're not only you're getting the leptin signaling telling you to eat more of that, uh-huh. you're getting a heightened dopamine or pleasure response yeah. from the receptors in your brain from that food. Uh-huh. And he said the worst thing for these kind of people, <laughs> the worst thing uh-huh. for them to do is to sit down and eat a cheat meal, watching a good TV show, or doing something that's adding, building more pleasurable associations. Mate, with, that's with what a, I do. That's you. That's you with a custard bath. Uh-huh. Blanky on, on the toes. It's Netflix, a very pleasant experience. Netflix on TV, <laughs> reinforcing yeah. that uh, that eating habit. And that's yeah. why you wake up the next day on the Sunday and you and you either go and eat more ice cream or you've got to chuck it out and get it all yeah. out of the house. 
It's absolutely fascinating because there's the, I completely agree in that that reward it, it, it must be. There's bigger forces at play. I don't know why I have to indulge so excessively. And and it's curbed and it's controlled at the moment, which is great. But certainly periods that our listeners will will relive and, and chuckle about. But it's uh and it's interesting because there will be a, a, a chronic inflammation that flows follows with it. I'll be bloated and, and feel horrific the next day, but but they're they pale into insignificance with the with uh, I don't know, like the, the noggin just uh just wants it. it yeah. It's it's insatiable. It's yes. it's, it's quite uh, quite scary. Quite scary. Look, very interesting and something that you could, you know, plan around and, and work to your strengths a little more and, and deal with but uh, a fascinating seminar great stuff from tippy toes and you'll drip feed some more of that info over yeah, the coming weeks yeah. absolutely fascinating looking and forward look, to that the best thing about it was is that mate he's so passionate about it and yeah. and we, we've spoken about his asperger's mm. and essentially him embracing who he is and, yes. and really understanding his personality type i think is what's driving this presentation this course content because yeah. he's seen the benefits in his life and, yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. what that's he wants us all to experience so Absolutely awesome. really good stuff let's hear from James Kant yeah so Rawdon's <laughs> cold he's not nervous he's cold no, no, have, you done, have you done your nervous wee yeah no, no I did that okay very good at the top of the show we mentioned we'd have IFBB Pro James Kant in here and Rawdon really if we think about the history of this podcast Mm. and the history of you and I working together it's it's amazing that it's taken us this long to actually get him in here I remember uh, meeting James back at Anytime Fitness St. Leonard's which uh, yep. would have been almost five or six years ago, I'd say. When yeah, we young buck, bu- young buck, young buck back and, then. And uh, even back in the in the day when he really um, the style of training and the lifestyle and what he was mm. using, totally different world. But the genetics were there, you know. We yeah, look, I think Murphy originally sort of uh, got her hands on him. That's right. And then I then I sort of confiscated him and uh, yep. had my way with him. <laughs> got him a pro card. Yeah, uh, you know, played a small but uh, influential role in that. Obviously, this this guy uh, has a has a ridiculous work ethic, as I've spoken about many times before. Yeah. But yeah, the rest is history. But it has been a while. I mean, we 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 we've spoken about him many many times. Mm. But uh, it's good to finally get him in here. And so, apart from being a professional physique athlete, IFBB um, pro. Yep. And, and, and I might add the first first uh, in Australia men's physique pro, and probably. Uh, Without sort of uh, <coughs> talking about the guys that have turned pro of late, probably one of the more worthy uh, pro physique athletes. But um, but yeah, aside from that, you were saying. Well, he's also completed a medical science degree. Yeah, he's actually and, uh, yeah. smart. And that combination of intellect and in the trenches body comp. Yep. Working with the amount of clients that he does these days as well, it's uh, yeah. it, it's a really it's probably the right time to get him on. And, yeah. and really start to um, dig into that knowledge, that perspective, yeah. and bring it to our audience. Well, look, at the end of the day, he's got a decent uh, Facebook group now, so we could get some publicity for the UTB. So it made perfect <laughs> sense to get him in and, yeah, and really nice. milk that yeah. avenue, you know, take advantage of him as much as possible. But he's in the studio right now. Welcome to the studio, James. Thank you, boys. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Finally. So, exciting to be here, mate. Now, before we get balls deep into gut health, this is what yeah. you're going to talk about mm. today. Being a medical scientist, what does that allow you to do? To be an actual medical scientist? Yeah. Oh, it allows me to research and that's about it. <laughs> um, really, the, the, the medical science field itself uh, is, is really purely research-based. And yep. so what I learned in my degrees was how to look through studies uh, and how to get the most out of the studies. And pretty yeah. much what enables me to now do is stay on top of all the latest research. Yeah. Beautiful. And actually interpret so, studies. Because mm. that's, I mean, we've spoken to, to groundskeeper Willie Luke Tullock about yeah. this. 
numerous times. There's a, a big difference from uh, reading an abstract of a study to actually being able to... <laughs> now, read, to, to <laughs> just on here, Tom. That's which all is, we do. Yeah, which is all we do. Yeah. Read the good bits. And you do it very, very well. <clears> but, uh, yeah, there's a little bit more to the study than the abstract itself. Yeah. yeah so, hold on a second. You can't actually write prescriptions. Is that what we're finding out today? That's what I thought we had him in for. <laughs> <laughs> you bought your prescription. Rodents after something <laughs> to inject. Yes. yes. Why not? <laughs> well, that might be another topic for another, another yeah. segment. But today, uh, well, before we actually go balls deep, like we said, into uh, to gut health, because I know that's something uh, that our listeners will be familiar with uh, me talking about, James, but he, straight from the horse's mouth. Something, I guess, he's being forced to uh, A to Z, A to Z of, of gut health. But before we do that, maybe just uh, give our listeners a little bit of a, you know, because, you know, from the outside looking in, you've done pretty well for a for a young you're only what 20 these days so for someone your age to to be where you're at and 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 you got the shred community i think with 1500 members on it uh heaps of traffic on there heaps of good content on there but also uh, uh let's be honest one of the better online coaching uh well online coaches there are in the country at the moment with i think uh, last time we spoke you had close to 300 uh, gen pop slash athletes that you're working with, some competitors, some general population, but helping everyone improve their health and uh, body composition. Just uh, give us a little bit of a what's been happening behind the scenes and, yeah. and, and, and where you're at at this point in time. Was that a reasonable uh, summary of where you're at right now? Yeah, very reasonable summary. Look, I, I don't know how uh, how far you got into with what I was doing, but obviously when I was competing like you know, under you, except for the last shows where it didn't go so well, I started developing IBS. Um, and so I started learning uh, more and more about gut issues. Yeah. I've always had a very big focus on the gut. Yeah. and how integral it is to body composition. But then obviously, yeah, I, I kind of uh, I overworked myself, overstrained yeah. myself, overstressed myself in both, in all areas of life. I mean, <laughs> you, know, you know. Well, that's what we sort of concluded it. anyway. Well, we knew that it was stress related. Yeah. Oh, massively, massively. Well, and now that the stress is gone, I've got, you know, virtually no IBS left or no IBS-like symptoms at all. So I think we were pretty right. And I just did uh, yeah. push a bit too hard for a bit too yeah. long. I mean, that was the thing. And, and, and I guess, again, for you and I, we could probably... Do- uh, talk about this but it was first con took a monumental effort and, and it worked well and you, you play second and you got shafted for the second mm. a second competition that's history but but irrespective of that your physique was probably one of the the, the more aesthetic physiques to ever hit the the pro circuit and i think mm. that was the feedback you got okay a little bit more size that's cool but aesthetic wise i mean few will actually match you but then and easily done, Tom. Like, strike while the iron's hot. I got momentum. Let's do some more shows. And it's like, well, you know, yeah, okay, let, let's go for it. New Zealand uh, Pro did that one. And, and what was the downtime? It was about 20 weeks, 22 weeks or something between shows. We didn't really have a downtime, though, no. because I got off the plane from the US That's and then went straight back into training. That's what I'm saying, bro. So pretty much straight into a prep and, and, you know everyone's heard us talk about preparation and 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 it is a a, a big stress on the body we'll multiply Mm. that by pro athlete flying to an international show and you get sort of an idea of how much stress james has put under his yes and then at the same time the business was taken off so more coaching so although you did you were studying medical science degrees so one would argue there's a fair bit of stress there anyway but Mm. But yeah, that being a said, little. a different, but a different stress. You know, it's a yep. different stress. That's you know, head in the books. That's sort of controlled stress. And now, you know, running a business that's completely different. So that sort of escalated at the same time. Prepping for New Zealand show, did that show? Okay, that was definitely not anywhere near, anywhere near your best. But but still, okay, somewhat competitive. And then back that up again. No downtime. Straight into another prep for you know a series of shows with this desperate attempt to. Um, 
you know, get on that that Olympia stage, which I'm pretty sure is still a massive goal for James. We talk about that, um, and it was just. You know, like it, it, I mean, just hearing it mm. now, you like you go, oh my god! No, yeah. no wonder his physique yeah. deteriorated with each show, and then, you know, and 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 then uh, retrospectively, you've you've looked back, and it all makes perfect sense. But at the time, you're so, you know, adrenaline's going. You know, it's it's the Mr. Olympia that you you're mm. prepping for. This is mm. this is what makes this guy tick. You know, yeah. it's it's a, he's a pro. It's really interesting because when I did used to uh, prep competitors, I, I no longer do that. I would <laughs> often say to um, particularly to the females that have to push themselves very hard. I'd use James as an example and say, look, you know, what you've just done is fine for you, but there's no way this can be a, a, a an ongoing occurrence, thing. Yeah. Someone like James, you know, with, with those genetics, he's able to stay lean all the time. He can yeah. do shows for a lifestyle. But it's, yeah. he, even for someone like James, yeah, it's just so stressful on the body. Exactly. Well, there's a limit. There's a, there's a, there's limit. a limit. And I mean, yeah. when you look at what I was doing, I was, I was pretty silly about it. Like at the yeah. time, my goal was to sleep as little as possible. <laughs> yeah. I literally, Which, I was... <laughs> I might have, he confessed afterwards. That wasn't yeah. something I was aware of. He goes, yeah. dude, you know, I was getting, yeah. Yeah, I was getting about uh, four to six hours sleep a night. And then, you know, training. How much was I training? Like four hours a day? Dude, woo, woo, woo. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, burning the candle at both ends, well yeah. and truly. Mm-hmm. And then, then when you combine that as well with, you know, a heavy study load, uh, yeah. I think I was trying to graduate with a distinction at the end of it as well, so I was studying an absolute well, heap, we'll, and then I'll chime in there and say you actually sat the gams out as well. Like you, you, <laughs> yeah, you actually throw too. it in, yeah. and, and just ask anyone that uh, ask Dr. Vanesh how. I mean, this is notoriously the, the the hardest entry exam you could in existence. Like mm. they make it stupidly hard, don't they? Mm. So you even <laughs> even had to prep for that in the middle there somewhere as yeah. well. So um, madness. Absolute madness. So, with the the compromised gut that came out of all of that, James, why don't we start at the beginning and have mm. a look at the importance of gut health? Yeah. In respect of body composition specifically, because there's you know you can link the gut to all kinds of yeah. manifestations brain. throughout the body and, and psychology and the whole lot of it. But yeah. specifically mm. for body composition, where does the connection start there from your perspective? The gut is absolutely integral to body composition. I mean, before you even worry about your macronutrients or yep. optimizing your training periodization or anything like that, you need to ensure that your gut is working because if your gut isn't working, you're going to look like crap straight up. Yeah. Okay, why don't we talk about, um, before you go into a little more detail, mm. What uh, I mean, are there certain, like when there is gut issues, does the physique... Does it take on a certain look? Like for our listeners, that aside from the obvious, and you'll go through the symptoms, does this physique actually look like it's got gut issues? Like what 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 are the telltale signs physically when you, uh, well aesthetically, I should mm. say, when when you look at it, is it more fat around the midsection, or is mm. it just out of shape in general? Anything specific to to gut health that our that our listeners could uh, pinpoint? Definitely. Look, the the most common ones that I will see is just an increase in uh, you know subcutaneous water. Around yep. you just feel watery all the time, very, very fluidy, very puffy. People get to uh, they become particularly puffy through uh, in women in their face and their ankles, and then they're okay. sometimes in their thighs. And in guys, it's mostly around the midsection. And then, in combination with that, you'll also notice that there will be more uh, fat held around the midsection. So, particularly right. just beneath, in that umbilical region, just beneath yeah. that, there's always okay. an accumulation of fat there. And all what right. do you put that down to, James? What's the mechanism behind the water retention? Uh, behind the water retention, that mm. is the inflammation, the histamine resulting in the uh, in the actual gut issue itself. So when, inflammation, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
And then with the fat storage, is that just uh, what a process of elevated stress hormones? Is it just because more fat goes to where stubborn fat goes? Or what do you attribute that to? Look, I attribute that uh, towards, yeah, number one, the hormones being all completely out of whack uh, due to the uh, increased stress response. And yep. then also at the same time, the slowed transit time for your colon. So the food actually takes longer to move through uh, the whole digestive system, which seems to result in a higher amount of calories being absorbed, or that's what I've observed anyway. Interesting. That's very interesting. Mm. So a higher, what, a lower amount of nutrients, but a higher amount of calories, or just to sort of break that down a little bit. Yeah. Well, look. So it goes back to this. This is something that I, I haven't seen a whole heap of hard science behind. Mate, but you're on the podcast. <laughs> we don't. We don't. <laughs> science. I mean, you're as scientific as they come, as far yeah. as we're concerned. So what you say is gospel. So, so what, what, what I see is from, from what I've read, the transit time will actually slow, and that will uh, perhaps change um, using the uh, old ectomorph endomorph analogy. The big sure. difference between those two is that the ectomorph will have a faster transit time. Yeah. And the endomorph will have a, uh, a longer transit time, meaning the food just get, takes a really, really long time to, to pass from your mouth, you know, out the other end. Yep. Uh, and so when that happens, you absorb more calories um, and that will often result in a changed caloric balance. Sure. Um, as for the micronutrients themselves, that depends on the integrity of the gut. So if the, if the gut lining itself is being damaged and that you can't absorb uh, certain vitamins, particularly the B vitamins, yep. then yes, you will have micronutrient deficiencies. That's an interesting point with the with the transit time and uh, and a, a, the higher caloric load. Mm. I guess a certain X amount of energy should be consumed by X amount of food. But if the if the food is in the in the system for longer, then the body would invariably uh, extract or be able mm. to extract more a, a total energy from that that same amount of food. Mm. So that would make make a little more sense, I guess, if it's in the body for longer. Yeah. And so, what is an ideal transit time yeah it varies doesn't it like it some, does some, vary some. i say about 12 hours would be a really good transit time and if, if you do want to know what your transit time is yeah two ways you can do it very easily is number one consume a heap of beetroot uh <laughs> and just be just remember that when you do go to the toilet the next day that you have yeah. consumed a lot of beetroot yeah. don't freak out <laughs> yeah. Yeah. one of my clients did they uh, the beetroot uh you know uh pre-workout so the beetroot uh the beetroot powder extract mm. yeah. and that was like oh my god you know i got blood in my urine like this is just, oh like we've done something wrong <laughs> And it's like, oh, hold on. Yeah, no, nah, I actually had some beetroot um, extract. Was that it? I'm like, anyway. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, that one. So you can so do, do the beetroot. Just remember that you have eaten a lot of beetroot. Yep. Uh, don't forget because you will freak out. Or charcoal. So you get yeah. to take a high dose of charcoal. Um, yep. I think it's about, what was it, six pills? I can't remember how yeah, many yeah, yeah. milligrams. I've heard of, of that one. Okay. And if transit time is sluggish, mm. does that manifest in less frequent movements? Uh, are they mm. sort of is it a, a harder texture Ooh. <laughs> it, it often is <laughs> uh, <laughs> really getting the hands dirty yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, well, what are the signs and symptoms of that so the slow transit time obviously yes you will have harder stools because that means that harder the, uh, stool that was the correct term Tom yeah sorry the, you know, I'm clearly not a medical I was, scientist I was talking about texture the, <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to eat it mate no. yeah, don't worry about the <laughs> texture uh, yeah, two girls one cup I mean uh, go, 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 get online check that one out yeah. uh, welcome to the uh, millennium millennium you will you will notice that these stools will become harder um, they might may often uh, be harder to pass and they will become less frequent so rather than go what I advise is normally uh, if you know if you're eating five meals a day and you're eating enough calories 
Um, then I'd advise normally three uh, passes per day, two to three passes per day. Yep. But if you do have a slow transit time, you might notice, you know, one a day or even one every second day. If you're not going every single day, then there's something wrong. You should really get it fixed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So... Mm. So that's so once a, a day. That's the sluggish. Now, if that transit time was to go the other way and it's mm. everything's whipping through a little bit too quickly, mm. how would that manifest in uh, firstly with body composition? That one's a, it's a really really weird one. So when you've got IBS RD, so diarrhea, um, people people who are suffering from that, you often notice that they also get the watery appearance. Um, so very bloated, but they also have rapid weight loss at the same time. So obviously the calories aren't getting uh, aren't getting absorbed, and yeah. they often have micronutrient deficiencies at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. If everything's screaming through pretty quick, it would mm. be hard for the body to extract everything that it needs. Needs. Mm. Yeah. But both these, I might uh, chime in there and say both of these are scenarios that come back to what we're actually talking about, which is the gut health in general. So I guess mm. we're getting some start again a little bit of a picture. We've got an appearance that we can look for so the, uh, uh, the inflammation being present that watery yep. puffy sort of look mm. women face uh, ankles you know guys around the midsection and you know I can you know the, the, the guys and girls that I have been aware have had gut issues I would say now retrospectively from what James said yeah they probably do fit into that you know, certainly around the midsection, that puffy, watery look. Mm. Um, and we've got some uh, transit time now that we can look at both ends of the spectrum, probably not ideal, uh, reason to look a little deeper. Why don't we rewind a little bit and, and, mm. and, and, and talk about uh, some of the other symptoms. So we, okay, how do I know I've got gut issues aside from those couple of examples you've yeah. already, what, what are we looking for? And, and let's just list some of the, the, the more common symptoms that you're finding, James. Yeah, definitely. Look, the, uh, the most common things that people will experience at the start is number one, you'll get bloated. So after you bloated, eat, yeah. um, you'll, you'll get bloated. Now, if it's immediately that you get bloated straight after eating, that's something wrong with your stomach. If it's something that occur, occurs, you know, three to four hours later, yeah. that's something wrong with your other small or large intestine, something okay. in there. Um, so if you get gassy or belchy afterwards, there's yep. another, the two other really common symptoms. And then uh, constipation, slow transit time or diarrhea. So any alteration, really transit time's the best uh, judge of all that, pretty okay. much. That's the main symptom that you'll notice. All right. So you mentioned the stomach there and then obviously the distinction with the intestines. Mm. With those two parts of the digestive process, mm. um, what are some of the qualities of each that distinguish them from each other? What's happening in the gut and then what's happening in the intestine? So when your stomach, when you're getting the, the, the stomach bloating, so immediately after you've, you've eaten, that's often a sign of excessive stress or from what I've seen anyway. So if you've got uh, yeah, immediate bloating after eating and then you have slow transit time and whatnot, that is generally, very generally a sign of you being just far, far too stressed because your sympathetic nervous system's way overactivated, your stomach can't move, it's completely constricted, and you're, pretty, you're just way too stressed in order so to you, digest your food. So you're in the fight or flight response, pretty exactly. much. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I guess digestion is um, when we got the, uh, you know, use the analogy, saber-toothed tiger, okay, we're back. Back when fruit was not sweet. <laughs> not, not so Don't sweet. Don't ask me yeah. why, yeah. but it wasn't all right. Yeah. But yeah, like, I mean, that's the last thing that's... Uh, yeah. Yes. And, all and, and, all and, the energy of the body has been preferentially diverted to the limbs, arms, and legs. Peripheral tissue, boom, run. Yeah. And I guess also, uh, James, we could chime in there and 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 just talk about stress uh, uh, sidestep. I mean, that's why your reproduction, testosterone, and everything else. Eh, let's let's mm. slam that down. Eh, this last thing on, on our mind. So, mm. you know, the stress, like we keep talking about, uh, multi-dimensional. Like it's going to shut everything down. 
So stressed out, the stomach's not in a position, it's not, it's not physiologically ready to digest a meal. It's not a priority when the stress hormones are elevated, low stomach acidity, whatever else. Mm-hmm. Yep. So those sorts of bloating inflammation would suggest that there's chronic stress situation. Yep. All right. If you're having your meal and you hit the gut and everything's sweet, feels good. Move down the road a little bit. We, we move into the intestines. Whoa, what's, <laughs> what's going on in <laughs> there? in the intestines yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. So look, the, the intestines are largely also affected by stress too. I yeah. mean... If you take any of these gut issues back, they will be affected by stress. But what you'll see, if you do have a uh, like a small uh, like a SIBO, small intestine bacterial overgrowth type symptom, yep, um, you'll notice that you will have once again the bloating, but it'll be later, so it won't be immediate bloating. Uh, you'll have lots of farting, constipation most commonly, um, and then sometimes uh, diarrhea. And some people get the best of both worlds, so they get oh, constipation yeah. then diarrhea, which is uh, not fun and, at all. And farting in there too. And farting in there as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just checking, <laughs> mate. Our listeners will need to know. They might go, "Oh, I've got it, but no farting." So, uh-uh, no, yeah. no, 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 yeah. no gut issues. It's very important. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad I contributed that. The um, SIBO. Let's let's just. Good, and that's uh, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. That's basically bacteria growing where it shouldn't. Is that is that right? Yes, it, exactly. It basically, yeah, yeah, pretty much. So the small intestine. Well, I don't know. Should we describe? Oh, I'll go over how yeah, the yeah, actual yeah, whole yeah. system works. Yeah, so you yeah. got your stomach. So you eat food, and it goes down. It goes down the hatch, and it comes into your stomach. So your stomach. You know, kills most of the bacteria anyway, it all, yep. using a, a lot of acid. And then you go into the small intestine, which is meant to have literally no bacteria in it at all. It's going to, meant to be near sterile, so it's going yep. to have a few, but not too many bacteria yep. in there. Uh, and then you're meant to pass your food all the way through there and then into the large intestine, which comes up the right side, goes across the middle, and then down and out the other end. Um, and so you're not... Yeah, so as I said, you're not meant to have any bacteria or many bacteria in the small intestine, mm-hmm. but if this little valve in between your small intestine and your large intestine gets uh, pushed open which is meant to stop the backflow of bacteria and food yeah. from the large intestine into the small intestine. If that gets, you know, blocked or if it gets uh, irritated. irritated, anything like that, then you you may start to get bacterial overgrowth in the, in the small intestine. And when these bacteria grow in there, they ferment foods. So they will create a lot of gas, which paralyzes the gut and it stops it from moving like it should. And then you get... time. Exactly. And and just to and and certain foods will irritate the this bacteria the in the small intestine. Um, that's when typically the carbohydrates you'll see will be more of an issue. Mm. Uh, when SIBO. Um, so again, to to take a sidestep, although we're not, you know, we, we, you're a medical scientist, but we're not. Uh, <laughs> I'm Professor Dubious, and uh, which Doctor Hewitt? Yeah, uh, well, actually, we're all our old doctors, so we can talk freely yeah. amongst ourselves. But but um, the carbohydrates uh, t- tend to be more of an irritant so would you then uh, is that correct and if that is correct then you know when, when when our listeners they suspect gut issues then it is not immediately so they know it's not stomach but they certainly when they have carbohydrates they get really bloated would that lend itself more to a this this SIBO type scenario or can you conclude that if carbohydrates are really setting it off or, or, or not so much Sometimes, sometimes it's a really, really hard one because these cases are so individualized in as to what sets them off exactly. I know Mm. for me, I'm sweet with carbs, but if I have coconut cream, which contains a certain type of polyol, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, which is like a, uh, a sugar, yeah. um, then I will have a massive, massive reaction, like very, okay. very quickly. Whereas some other people can't even stomach rice or rice malt syrup for that matter, yeah. um, yet they'll be fine with the coconut cream. Have yeah. no issue whatsoever. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Well, that, that's interesting because um, that sort of, uh, that uh, Sonia Pedersen we had on, you know, we asked her for some, um, so uh, an integrated practitioner that we had on, a friend of, uh, of Coach Poliquin, uh, a good friend of mine and a, a mentor of mine and a fan of the podcast, regular contributor, but we asked her, I'll just give us some basic gut, you know, where's it at at this point in time? And she did pretty much say what you just said. Well, it's, I don't want to give you any recommendations because we're finding out that it is just so complex and it is so varied from person to person. Like one, uh, one probiotic might be great for you, but it might not be good for the next person or one dietary recommendation might work for, like just simply what you pretty much just said mm. so it, it does appear to be a very much a, a case-by-case basis and 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 that is what I at the top of the show I would have said that that the gut health is okay we can have all these guidelines and have an understanding and, and recognize all the symptoms but really the, the, the only thing that the, the listeners can do it is aside from knowing the basics is a matter of trial and error they, they literally mm. have to have an I mean you can jump in here James and, and let us know what you do with your with your athletes and, and clients you're working with but it, it, it is just a process and you have to try certain foods eliminate bring foods back in um, is that what you would agree with do you have some sort of elimination diet like where do you if you if you do suspect gut issues where do you go from there any elimination diet is symptom management so the cause of any uh, gut issue whatsoever always literally 100% of the time right? I won't say 100 but 99% of the time yep. will lead back to you being overstressed just simply you're overstressed yep. um, the cases where this isn't the case is where you've got like young kids who are very young like you know four to six years old who yep. clearly haven't got a stress in the world yep. they don't even know what stress is yep. and they've got symptoms like this they're, they're, the, they're the ones who this doesn't apply to but everybody else it's literally going to be a stress issue so anyone who develops IBS and isn't born with it that, that is solely based around stress. And so when you start bringing in these, uh, you know, the, the FODMAPs elimination diet, which gets rid of uh, all those things that the bacteria can ferment and make gases, um, they will inevitably reduce your symptoms for a short time, but then you'll just start reacting to something else. I know for a stage there, I couldn't eat food. Like I couldn't eat anything. I, I literally went two weeks and I was drinking essential amino acids and yeah. uh, olive oil and coconut oil. Then I started yeah. reacting to the olive and coconut oil. Yeah. Um, and I mean, of all things, you'd think you wouldn't have a gut yeah. reaction to that. So yeah, so doing elimination diets is going to be symptom management and can be good if you're in you know the last three weeks of your comp prep and you just got to push sure. these, like, this last little bit and you don't want to have a reaction. Then yeah, FODMAPs can be really helpful. Um, you know, if you're getting chronic headaches all the time, then using a low histamine approach uh, can also be really, really good. But in the end of the day, it is just symptom management and you're not going to be able to completely solve the issue until you have fixed that stress, which is coming from the nervous system, your perception of, of fear or whatnot. Very good, very good. That's really, really interesting, mate. And so take IBS for an example in your case you know they call it a irritable bowel syndrome mm. so does that mean now that you've been stressed out you've developed that syndrome that you yeah that's your lot in life and that if no. you get stressed again that's going to come back or you eat the wrong you have your your coconut cream or whatever or can you wipe that away from your can, existence I, I suppose can you have your coconut cream and 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 eat, and it? eat it too yeah <laughs> that is the question is there going to be a time when you can enjoy that coconut yeah. cream uh, look there, I, i'm pretty sure i'd be able to enjoy a little bit now uh, <laughs> but 
Uh, coconut cream is not that great anyway. No, um, much to do about nothing. Uh, but look, no, the, the thing with this is that when you do... The, the issues with the nervous system, so the issues with stress, when you can reduce that stress, then you'll be able to eat everything. I mean, geez, I went out with uh, with, with Troopy, you know, Troopy. Troops, yeah. Troops, yeah. Troops, oh, actually, like, shout out to Troopy. You remember Troops too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How good is he? Yeah, yeah, Best guy out. on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Always, always nipples out. But yeah, no, Troopy. So I was out with him and we were having burgers and I ate everything on the burger it was gluten free yeah. of course yeah. um, actually had the, uh, the, the the paleo stack with just the lettuce we'll come back but to gluten and dairy and that sort of stuff in a second mm. but yeah, yeah keep definitely. going um, but as far as having the, the cheese and the things that would normally irritate me not it didn't have an issue at all I ended up smashing about four of the bastards and, uh, <laughs> and I, I was sweet yeah. Um, so yeah so now I'm now that I'm not stressed or I'm managing my stress far better using better supplementation meditation better sleep uh, I'm not Very reacting cool. to anything really at all at the moment Fascinating. So, obviously, if we had, for instance, if we had uh, Dr. Vinesh Singh in here and we were talking about this, he would say, okay, uh, SIBO, we need to test, figure out what kind of bacteria it is. There'll be certain protocols to deal with that. So, are you suggesting that by, if someone is able, and it can be very hard to actually completely get on top of of your stress, but that uh, that route is um, enough to, to tackle these issues or is there a scenario where the medical route does need to be taken? Well, look, I actually worked with uh, Dr. Vinny um, with, when I first started and I actually went on a course of re- Rifaximin through him and that really helped. It did definitely helped, um, but it was only helpful while I was on it. So it didn't actually completely solve the problem. Yeah. Um, I think the medical route is awesome if you're just trying to manage the issues manage the symptoms and keep them under control but it goes back I mean the the reason this whole thing occurs is because you're in fight or flight and your Mm. gut isn't moving Mm. and so Mm. your colon gets blocked up and then the bacteria go back up into your small intestine and then you get all the bloating and fermentation Mm. if you kill Mm. those bacteria with something like rifaximin you're still not going to get better it's going to come back and I suppose with that with that comment about the FODMAPs and, and gluten dairy we can talk about in a second when we take these irritants out it gives uh, a reprieve from things that could potentially mm. irritate at that point in time so you're going to have relief of symptoms but your point is cool story but if if you keep uh, if, if you don't actually treat the root cause and, and stress is something that you're completely aware of and, and you've changed your whole lifestyle to to mitigate the stress and, and and control stress and you'd probably say things are humming along pretty well mm. uh, digestion wise for you um, but until you tackle the, the the actual stresses in your life and put all these uh, things in, in in place like you mentioned the meditation and supplementation um, you know it's it's, it's just going to perpetually uh, the ebb and flow between irritation and IBS and no IBS and IBS and no IBS um, that's pretty much what you're saying that, that you do have to actually tackle take a step back that bigger you know holistic picture and, and let's look at what's driving the issues mm. address those while in the short term we're addressing the the symptoms so we get some relief mm. but we do have to to ignore the bigger picture and and and, and not deal with that stress you're you know you're going, to, you, yeah. you're going to be back to square one in no time at all exactly even with the medical medical intervention 100 i mean i when i first started working with Vinny, which is when i was prepping for the final comps where i looked yeah, like yeah. absolute crap mm. um 
he advised me straight away that I needed to rest more, need to yeah. not work as much, and then needed to not compete. And I said, "Hey, uh, you're joking, mate!" Like, <laughs> but, but fair enough. I mean, yeah. what 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 age were you then? That was last year. So how old were you? Yeah, it was, it was like 22. So 22 year old yeah. telling him, "Nah, dude, you gotta no, you gotta take time off, relax." I mean, yeah, right, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And so even with the awesome protocol that he wrote me, that did literally nothing because I was so stressed and stressing yeah. myself to such a high degree. I mean, sleeping yeah. four hours a night. Yeah. working too much all that yeah. crap mm. very uh yeah it's it's absolutely integral if you can't remove your stress or lessen your stress or even manage your stress then you're not going to improve your gut issue yeah. whatsoever okay so you mentioned three avenues with which you've used to address your stress levels mm. uh, supplementation meditation and better sleep mm. um, from a supplementation perspective what are you or what are you adopting there anything that can help you sleep better so the ones that the supplements that I find to be the best are things like your Ronnie Coleman Resurrect, the one that I'll you know Sean Cooper from Sabido stocks. And the reason why he stocks it is because it's such a good yeah. supplement for I, your look, sleep. I have heard, uh, and I think I've looked at the ingredients, and that, that it's a pretty decent stack of all the cool cool stuff that that you and I be be well aware of. Um, it's just sort of got everything in it, hasn't it? Yeah, like it's, it's fantastic. It's, good, good. it's got it's got everything. It's got all, all of your it's got your fenibut. So that's the uh, GABA increaser, the only one which can actually penetrate the brain uh, mm. to increase you know central nervous system uh, GAB GABA, which will make you sleep better. Yep. And it's also got your GABA as well, which sits in the rest of your body and actually kind of relaxes your muscles. Mm. And then it's got you know it's got magnesium in it, yeah. threonine, all those sorts of things, which are absolutely fantastic for your sleep. So okay. I highly recommend that. Okay. And then if you can combine that with melatonin as well melatonin regulates your wake sleep cycle and uh will also increase the amount of parasympathetic uh output so mm. me- meaning that you you rest and di- digest a bit more that's that's fantastic highly recommend it even though you're not meant to buy it here in australia i don't think so how do we get our hands on that because it's I heard, yeah, yeah. I heard. okay yeah right, still cool. good i got uh Jack's got 10 milligram jobbies at the moment. Pop a couple of those bad boys and I'm... Uh, it's really funny, actually. 10 milligram, yeah. I took... Uh, so she got... I got her to get some Fanny Butt um, and, and melatonin. And uh, so I, I just had some the other night. It was quite a weird... I was just lying going to sleep and I could feel this sort of... Like this wave sort of... It was quite a strange sensation. But it was definitely on my way to... It freaked me out. I got up and ate some cereal. But <laughs> went back to bed and I was okay. But yeah, it was, it was legit uh, quite a potent potent uh, influence on right. sleep were you yeah. groggy the next day or you're okay i'm always groggy the next day yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just the way I exist. a couple of coffees in and i'm fine yeah so we're getting a little bit of a picture here all comes back to stress um let's talk about before we wrap things up with you today james let's talk about uh are there you mentioned gluten i threw in dairy are mm. there some i mean for me with my athletes remember uh, with my athletes it's short term 10 month max <clears throat> more often like a six-month prep and for that length of time i do eliminate fodmaps i do take dairy out i do take gluten out just to err on the side of caution because if i can get hell if they've got gut issues thereafter what the hell they, they were shredded as you know what on stage and you know i achieved what i needed to achieve with them but but all jokes aside it's very short term so i don't advocate that long term it would be more along the lines of if 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 dairy irritates take it out eat it in moderation so again symptomatic you know avoid foods that cause irritation are there uh, some go-to's that i mean you mentioned gluten and i think you've posted quite a few th- things on it are there some go-to's that, that you just mandatory yep this shouldn't be like trans fats okay it's plastic shouldn't be in the body don't don't have it 
Avoid off the list. Yeah. Off the list straight away is, is pretty much always gluten and dairy. I mean, the, the thing with those two is that they they do so much bad for such a large proportion of the population, but they yeah. do nothing good. There is no yeah. point. There is no benefit to having <laughs> gluten in your diet. Yeah. I mean, I know donuts are nice, but you can get gluten-free donuts now. Yeah. There are so yeah. many easy substitutes mm. for everything that contains gluten. But you just don't need it. I say just cut it. Like, really, what are you missing it's, it's out no on? It's no biggie. There's well, no I biggie. guess, uh, yeah, and that's the point you make. That, that, and and uh, Cam, could, the Wookiee could probably end on this one because he, he's avoided gluten and his uh, skin's cleared up uh, amazingly well uh, by doing that, and I think dairy as well. But these days, there pretty much is always mm. gluten-free options out there, and 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 I will say that that yeah, it's great. There's all these options, but but I got to I, I do have to say, James, that you know a, a glutinous pizza base, you know, it's fluffy and it, it, you know gluten-free is good, but but full-strength gluten, it's a bit like Coke and Coke Zero. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'll drink Coke Zero, but you know, the full-strength Coke is that much better. What I do wonder, I'm just going off on a tangent. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> what I do wonder sometimes with the gluten-free products, quite often for that uh, the fluffiness, there is those additives that are in there. Have you had a look into that and as to whether there's any, you know, long-term Take effect of, of having those uh, essentially chemicals that they put in there to thicken it and, and make it fluffy? The main ones that I see are the inulin and the fiber substitutes. And yeah. really, they're going to... Well, in people with a healthy gut, they're actually going to be quite good. So yeah. they're, going, they're prebiotics. So yeah. the thing, things like yeah, inulin, xanthan, yeah. Um, those sorts of things, they're actually positive for you. Okay. So it's actually better for you to have that than you know, the gluten you know, roundup containing crap yep. in the full gluten products. Yeah. Okay, cool. All oh, right, it's a gluten dairy, so we're on the same page there. Let's talk about... Um, you know your exposure to to plenty of uh, clientele that you're working with. I think you're up around 300 or so that, that you're working with or have done mm-hmm. um, of late. Are you finding that that because you are so passionate about gut health and and, and on the, the the shred community page, which our listeners will talk about in a second. So if you do want to get in touch with James, you can hit him up there. Are you noticing that that you know these gut issues are pretty common like there seems to be a, like I notice when you do post something I'm like ah oh, there he goes talking about gluten again but then there's this big uh, you know everyone sort of fist pumping and saying yeah you know this is a good thing because we're all they all seem to be afflicted with these gut issues do you find that it's, it's pretty common it, certainly amongst the, the competitive population I'm pretty sure you know gut health and <laughs> competition go poor gut health and, and competing go hand in hand do you feel it's pretty pretty widespread and, and something that needs uh, everyone needs to be a little more conscious of? Literally every single person that comes to train with my team and I has a gut issue of some sort. Yeah, right, Literally okay. every single person. Now, whether this is stress-induced or yeah. it is diet-induced, yeah. which is quite common as well, that literally every, every single person has got something wrong and then within four weeks of working with me, we'll be like, wow, okay, so this is what it's like to not be bloated. And yeah. not watery and, and all that crap. That's why yeah. I'll get such massive results uh, very quickly because, you know, it's, it's quite common for me to have people lose like two to three kilos within a week yeah. when they're eating more food than what they were when they, start, yeah, when, yeah. when they started with me. All that, all, that all inflammation. Drop, dropping water and inflammation. and Everything, yeah. everything. Water, I, fat. I don't, don't know how much fat you can drop at that and yeah. how much yeah. the, the effect has on fat. But yes, it's a massive, massive amount of uh, weight and a massive change in weight succum- uh, sorry, waist circumference as well at the yeah, same yeah. time. And that would correlate with that, that less bloating, I guess. Yeah. Uh, mm, less bloating. The yep. Yep. 
and 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 I think that, and we have spoken about this before, and and um, and again with the the stresses. I mean, we could talk about the the xenochemicals. We had Alex Stewart on talking about all the, you know, the toxin toxic world, and that's another mm. source of, of of stress on the body. You know, to add fuel to the fire. But it's the the thing is, you know, like they don't the individual doesn't know any any different. Yes. So it's like, well, this is just normal. What are you talking about, James? No, just trust me. Give me four weeks, and it's like, oh wow. Mm. I'm sleeping better. I don't have headaches. You know, my skin's better, and I've uh, you know dropped three kilos or whatever it is. I mean, it doesn't have to be that you know that amazing results, but but I think everyone would say how much better they feel when they do take these these different things out. So you know, I suppose we could we could briefly touch. Not that any of us want to go down that route, but if it fits your macros, you know, the the issues with this style of nutrition, it's like mm. yeah, okay, you're getting lean and, and whatever, but you know, if that's your your nutritional choices, you don't know any different. How about we do this? the trading like this and it's like oh my god you know I, I feel yeah, I'm sleeping better I feel so much better um, and, and I think that's the thing as well like people just don't know any different this well, is just normal I don't have any issues Tom or James yes. what are you talking about yeah. my digestion's fine alright well let's just try this and we'll see you know so it's um can be quite subtle the, 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 the well just because the, they've been living that way for such a long period exactly. of time that's that's the, the new normal yeah, yeah. The new, the uh, this new settling point, the new yes. set point. <laughs> yes, you know? yeah, very good. All right, mate, that's absolutely great. So, if people do want to get in contact with you and uh, come on board, work with you and your team, mm. what's the uh, what are the avenues of uh, communication? The easiest way is that either join my uh, my shred community, <laughs> and uh, it's pretty cool. Like it, it, it sounds funky, but uh, but heaps of good traffic on there, man. Like very very impressed. It's only been up and running for a little while. I think close to 1,500 members already. How, how long has it been in existence? Yeah, about that. It's been up for about a month. We've got about, I think it's 1,500 people on there. Right, it's just, good, it's, it's an awesome place because we've got people like, you know, you guys on there and then we've yep. got, you know, Gemma Daly from, you know, Daily Fuel. Yeah, She's yeah, a nutritionist. So I've got, got three Kairos on there as well. Uh, yeah. A whole heap of, you know, industry experts, even a couple of IFBB pros that I'm working with now. Um, they're also on there, uh, on there too. Um, and so it's a, it's a really good place yeah. where you can and, post up and get info. And, and, and I think it's a, like it's a, the questions are, are varied. Like mm. you're not ostracized if you ask a, a silly question. It's like everyone just gets on there, gives you uh, gives you an answer, and, and, and helps you out. So it doesn't matter what your question is. So yeah, very cool stuff, man. Really mm. like what you're doing there. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. And thanks to everyone who's involved on it. I yeah. guess there's a few few on here that are that are. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Okay, guys great. Loving it. So that's the place to go. Yeah, or the or my Facebook page, which is James Can IFBB Pro on Facebook. You can just shoot me a message on there, and then uh, you know I'll be there to, to have a chat with you. All right. Beautiful. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna make this. Uh, we're gonna get you into the studio. We're gonna pick your brain on various topics, and we're gonna all uh, go. Each of us can 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 you know balls deep into the topic. Uh, but before we, we we wrap things up and uh, see you uh, next time, what's uh, what's on the plans? Because I want to know. Because I want to know when I'm gonna help you again. What about uh, yeah. the 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 pro? Uh, pro stage mate what's happening in that regard I'm sure a few of our listeners would be curious as to what's what's in the uh, the crosshairs in the in the next 12 18 months for you what are you what are you what are your optimal plans look 2018 Olympia top five that's the goal um, okay that's, that's what we're you heard for. it here yep so yeah awesome, that, 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 that's the goal it should happen yeah. um, I've just got to get to 100% I'm pretty close to 100% now I've just got to put on you know what do you reckon five kilos of mass yeah five, five kilos, kilos that'd yeah. do it yeah five, five kilos maybe six uh, we'll take six um, <laughs> and, why not and then yeah you know do a, do a solid solid cut right into the, into the few shows um, compete at the end of the qualification season which ends yeah. at about August, yeah. um, get enough, you know, get a win or 
get it. No, we won't worry about points. Go for the win. Win. Um, go cool. for the win and then get on to the Olympic stage. And yeah, place top five. That's the goal. Exciting. Very exciting. So you've got uh, what you got over 18 months? About that. Yeah, about beautiful. That. Yeah. Okay. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. Well, thanks for coming in, mate. Good yeah, to see you in pleasure. here. Thanks uh, for it's me, been boys. too long, but uh, we'll have you in here again soon. Sounds yeah. good. Look forward to it. Thanks, there James. See you again pro. soon, bro. Well, well, there he was. IFBB Pro James Cart. Mate, really interesting there. Um, you know, a, a sluggish transit time could actually lead to more Calorie caloric absorption intake, of yeah. your food. That's uh, very, very interesting. And, the, you know, the fluid retention, the inflammation, it all makes sense. It's all stuff we're, we're sort of familiar with, but he really is uh, taking a firm, really dug his heels in on this, this gut health. And interesting that he said pretty much, what, 100% of his... Uh, clientele that he works with and that would be a, a, a wide ranging demographic they're not all competitors no. but without a shadow of a doubt they all have some sort of gut issue that he yeah. will address uh, first cab off the rank so and, and look it was awesome to have him in the in the finally in the studio you, you know he's been this mythical beast that <laughs> that i've t- spoken about there's this this ifbb pro uh, physique athlete first in australia so awesome to have him in here obviously uh he has quite a big following uh, on social media it's going to be really exciting to get him in and, and pick his brain on, on on different topics so really looking forward to the the, the coming months having him uh part of the part the of the program under the bar team very and, nice um, yeah really good kid righto guys thank you for dropping by go to our website leave us a speak pipe yep and uh, have a lovely day